All right, Nick Smart. It is Wednesday before the Super Bowl. It is our traditional Super Bowl show, the third annual, I guess it would be. So we'll start here. We generally do a mix of football analysis along with betting analysis. So I'm going to start with the easiest question. The line right now is Kansas City by three. Does Kansas City win? Does Kansas City cover? That is the $200,000 question to some people, I suppose. Um, It's going to sound weird for me to say that I'm surprised the line's only minus three, given Kansas City's track record this season of basically not covering whenever they should be covering. But I'm going to go against conventional logic and and say they do cover this minus three. I'm not sure this game's going to be as close as some people would like, as Bucks fans would hope. I think there's a way they cover that minus three. I, I, I'm i not sure this game is going to be all that close. I, I think it could be a 10-point margin for Kansas City winning. Having said all that, I think I'm more comfortable taking the Chiefs on the money line in this just because, like I said, it's we have a whole season of metrics that show us that Kansas City has uh, had a hard time covering or lack of interest in covering. The one thing I will say is there's no more – taking the foot off the gas pedal here for Andy Reid. There's no more leaving stuff in the trick bag for next week. Uh, I I fully expect them to go for the jugular in this game more so than we've seen them in any other game. I think anything Andy Reid's been saving is coming out of the trick bag, and I expect the Chiefs to win and win by at least two possessions. Yeah, something I find pretty interesting about this game is that the Chiefs really have had a habit Uh, in the playoffs of letting opponents get ahead and then making a comeback. Uh, Buffalo should have been 10 points. It was nine. It happened a lot last year uh, in the playoffs. I think three rounds in a row, Tennessee, Houston, and uh, against San Francisco. Um, I don't think you can do that against Tampa Bay. Like if if you're them, and now on the flip side, during the regular season this year, they had a habit of going up 17 and then letting guys get back within three. And I'll tell you what, I don't think he can do that against Tampa Bay, right? Um, The last thing you want uh, from a psychological standpoint, if you're on that Kansas City defense, you know, if you're up 17 and then Tom Brady marches down the field and gets two touchdowns, how do you think you're feeling on that third drive? Like, isn't it just a sense of impending doom? Um, I know they're champions. I know they're defending champions, but I, I, I think the equation changes when the opposing quarterbacks, Tom Brady. I agree with you. I like them to win this game. I like them a lot. Uh, I, I took the minus three when it was available uh, earlier in the week. What do you think about this over under? 56 points is what I'm seeing right now. Seems like a lot of points, especially for a Super Bowl. What do you think? Yeah, It does. Um, But, I mean, look at each quarterback. Look at each some of the star players on each of these offenses. Both these offenses, you can argue, are loaded. I think it's the defensive side of the ball that's going to determine this game. 56, yeah. uh, My gut tells me to take the under, but I'm not going to be surprised in the least if it goes over. This very well could be a shootout for, uh, for the ages. It really could. Just a quick note on the Bucks. I look back 
to their 2002 Super Bowl victory over the Oakland Raiders when between Dexter Jackson, Dwight Smith, and the great Derek Brooks, they had five picks. I firmly believe if the Bucks are going to repeat as champs this time around, they're going to need playmakers on defense, whether it's Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, Antoine Winfield, who's got a banged up ankle, didn't play last week. Boy, they're going to need him in this game. I just feel like someone on that defense very well could be Devin White, who's a, you know, a guided missile all over the field. Someone's got to step up and make some game-changing plays on defense for the Bucks defense to, uh, to have a shot in this game. I, I truly believe that. What do you believe? I, I think something that we should be happy about is that this is the first Super Bowl I can think of in a long time where there's no key injury we're really looking at going in. Like, the Stars are going to play. I don't, there's no one who's not going to be available. Um, and I'm really pleased about that. It feels like the first time in a while we've gone into a Super Bowl knowing for sure that Gronk is healthy. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's interesting to me as well. Uh, last... It sounds like... It sounds like Kansas City did dodge a major COVID bullet. Um, it sounds like the team Barber, who was set to trim, I think, 20 of their hairs, give 20 haircuts for the Chiefs. Um, turns out he tested positive for COVID. Now, I'm not sure if this is the same guy that cut backup center Daniel Kilgore's hair. But, boy, what a mess that would have been if he ended up did giving all those haircuts. I can only imagine because we are now in the window now where whether it's a close contact or what it is, if it, if you're COVID positive, you're not playing. If you are a close contact of somebody at this point, at l this late stage in the game, I don't think you're playing. So we've entered a very crucial window when it comes to COVID for this game. Uh, do you have any position on the first half over under shown at 26 and a half? I mean, my gut would say take the under that, you know, Super Bowl jitters could lead to a slow start. But the same thing applies, like I said, about the over. I mean, for Kansas City to come out here and put up a 20 spot very quickly, very early, wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm i not saying it's going to be one of those games when it was uh, the Ron Rivera, Cam Newton Panthers against the Peyton Manning Broncos. But... I don't know, man. I'm not sure this game's going to be very close. All right, let's do something a little more fun. Heads or tails? I'm going to go heads. Can't go wrong with heads. I, I, there, there is a theory out there that you should be taking heads over tails because the tails weighs more based on the way that they inscribe the coin. I don't assume there's any level of consistency through that. I will say this, because you know we are not sponsored by, by any particular betting site. I would not bet heads or tails at Sports Interaction since they're giving you the minus 110. Pinnacle's got it for 103. I'm sure Bet365 will give you 105 on it. Um, don't just give the book extra money when you don't have to here. Uh Let's talk about some player props. There's some stuff that I love and there is some stuff that I hate. So, first off, Antoine Winfield Jr. Mm. Still officially, you know, not 
a full go. I mean, it's like Antonio Brown. Everybody expects them to play, but we still have no official word. And the fact that Winfield didn't play last week, or not last week, you know, you know what I mean, uh, championship weekend. Yep. I think that's, you know, that's something not to be glossed over. Now, I do expect him to play, and the kind of playmaker he's proven to be as a rookie for them, they're going to need him out there. Uh, I love the interception prop. One interception play pays plus 1100 so if you bet $10, you get 120 back. Uh, I am doing that as we speak right now. As you said, this is something that Tampa Bay is going to need to be competitive in this game. Yeah. Um, There's no way they win without a, a major turnover, whether it's a fumble six, a pick six, or you know, a, a fumble recovery around the goal line. It, there's going to need to be something like that. Yeah. And I also just think, like, in this kind of situation where you don't know if a guy's healthy, the other team has three stars at wide receiver. So there's, you know, odds are likely that one of them is going to be matched up against them. Um, so, you know, a ball is going to go that way, I guess is what I'm getting at. Right now. Do I like, do I like him in a, in a jump ball situation with Chris Godwin? Not necessarily, but like, uh, or pardon me with, uh, let's say Kelsey even, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's a strong play. There's opportunity to, to be had there, uh, at 11 to one. I mean, yeah, I don't think he wins a jump ball with Kelsey half the time, but like 20%. 10 you know 12 percent probably so that that makes it uh an interesting play to me is there any player pops that player props that stood out to you uh not particularly but it does sound like sammy Watkins will be playing yeah so that pushes mccall hardman further down the depth chart and of course we've learned that uh with the daniel kilgore news we also learned that demarcus robinson uh either tested positive for COVID-19 or was around somebody. I think it was the same haircut guy. Um, it's this stuff so hard to follow and so fluid. It's hard to tell. Um, I think he's assumed to make it back, but there's no guarantee there. I, I think Hardman's still going to make some plays. Uh, I'm not, I don't trust Watkins to play a full complement of snaps. In fact, I think this could likely be Sammy Watkins last game as a Kansas city chief. Yeah, he he gave up money to come back and try to win another ring. I don't see him doing that for the third one. Uh, I think there's no. And I think I and I think it's mutual, right? I, I think the team yeah. wanted to bring him back, see if he could stay healthy. And he couldn't, so that was that, right? Yep. Yeah, I think that there good. is some speculation that maybe the Chiefs go after a Will Fuller or an Allen Robinson uh, this off season. I'll tell you, if they had Will Fuller especially Allen Robinson. If the Chiefs add Allen Robinson opposite Tyreek Hill, we may look at be looking at a three P. How's this for like this just feels like free money, which is should always be a danger Will Robinson uh sign for everyone. But total rushing yards over under half a yard, Tom Brady. It's minus 160 on the under. That under feels like a lock, right? When's the last time, Tom? Oh, the sneaks. I'm glad I talked this through. Those sneaks. Let's see here. What's the yardage mark that Half. he needs to he needs to, he needs to get to one. If he gets oh, one, geez. it's the over. Okay. I'd take the over on that. So his... I'll tell you what. he. So in what would it be... Okay, so this is including the playoffs. So we've got 20 games played this year. Um, he hit the over 
six out of those 20 games. So now you think you think the negatives are like all taking a knee. You got to think Kansas City with Chris Jones and everyone. They're just anytime. Everybody knows with Brady now that he's going to run up there and try to sneak it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Chris Jones. Uh, I like him at over two and a half tackles. I do like that. I think he gets a sack. Same thing with uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. I think Jason Pierre-Paul gets a sack in this game. Um, One major loss. We were talking no major injuries. One... I'm always talking up the O-line. So one major loss for me is uh, the first overall pick from the 2013 draft, Eric Fisher, towards Achilles in the victory against Buffalo championship weekend. Um, you have to think that that does help guys like Shaq Barrett and JPP. I don't know which one will benefit, maybe both. Um, I kind of feel like both get sacked. All right, I just threw a few bucks at JPP on over half a sack at plus 115. Yeah, I mean, I had him in IDP this year. He had, I think, two or three games where he went sackless. I mean, he was very consistent this year, getting at least one sack per game. Uh, Let's go with some of the basic bitch stuff. Uh, Patrick Mahomes over under 329 and a half passing yards. That's a big number. Yeah, I'm going to say under because I think game script will have them up so early. Well, not so early, but I, I think game script will have them doing a lot more running in the second half. I, I don't think... Now, obviously, if this game's a shootout and I'm wrong about that, I think I'd probably take the over there. But I'm going to take the under because I think game script is going to have them running the ball late, trying to uh, kill the clock. Uh, seven out. Oh. Seven out of 20 games, he's hit that number this year. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I could see Andy Reid, especially if they get up big, I could see them just trying to run the ball into the ground. Yep. Now, my Super Bowl MVP pick from last year, of course, was Damien Williams. Uh, You got screwed. Yeah, they're starting running back from last year who opted out this year because of COVID. But, yeah, he was the only guy in that game to have two touchdowns. Uh, He was the one who had the winning score. Um, I'm still flabbergasted that they didn't give him MVP. I'm going to double down and say it's going to be a different Chiefs running back this year. I'm going to go with the rookie, uh, Edwards Elaire. I'm going to say he gets the MVP nod. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change that live on air. I'm going with Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is due for a game where they fully take the chains off. We could be looking at three TDs, 250 yards. Yeah, I'm going Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill wins it this year. And one quick Tyreek Hill thing. I, I was thinking about him earlier, and he's kept his nose clean this year. He stayed out of the headlines. I mean, for a guy who was, you know, on his possibly last chance with the league, uh, you know, legal charges-wise, he's kept his nose clean this year. And you have to wonder, if he had played for the Bengals this year, would that have been the case? I have to think that a good portion of the motivation for Tyree Kill being on his best behavior this year is that he realizes he plays for a generational team that's bound to do very special things. Now, if he was just losing ball games hand over fist in a place like Cincy, I have to think 
and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I have to think it would have been a different story this year for Tyreko. And to further on that, you have to wonder how much the league will really want him hoisting a Super Bowl MVP trophy. So I do have that on my mind when I make that Tyreek Hill prediction, but I think he's going to have so good of a game that they won't be able to deny. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that would scare me off Tyreek Hill. And the, and the second piece that scares me there is like, if Tyreek Hill has a big day, that means yes. Patrick Mahomes yeah. probably had yeah. a big day too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if they were going to give Mahomes the MVP over Damian Williams last year, you better believe if he puts up those numbers along with Hill, they're going to give it to him. So, I mean, in many ways, I, I'm already defeating myself by saying it, but I, I just feel like Tyreek Hill is going to go out there and do so much that they're not going to be able to deny him. I'll tell you this, though. If you like Tampa Bay to win this game, right, you're only getting a buck 40 on Tampa Bay on Moneyline. You can get Tom Brady Super Bowl MVP at plus 185. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there are worlds where Tom Brady doesn't win the MVP if they win, but there's not a lot of them, you know, like no. if, if Tampa it, it, Bay wins this game, you bet your ass Tom's getting another MVP. Yeah. It would take a, to rewind to that. Oh, two bucks Super Bowl win over the Rays. It would take a Dexter Jackson or Dwight Smith like performance. And I'm still sour. You can tell I, I, these Super Bowl MVP predictions really fester. Because how many years are we, are we removed from 2002? And I'm still not over the fact that they gave to Dexter Jackson over Dwight Smith. I get that Dexter Jackson's two interceptions were in bigger points of the game. But when you look at the box score, Dwight Smith had those exact same two interceptions, only he had two TDs. Only player ever to, to have two pick sixes in a Super Bowl. I thought it should have been Dwight Smith, but whatever. We'll let sleeping dogs lie there. Here, I, I've... Just with my love of kickers, I have to bring out the crazy theory of the week. And that is that I think there is some value on Harrison Butker or Ryan Suckup at plus 1650 and plus 17, pardon me, 16,500 and 17,100 the AccuWeather forecast right now. Mm, yeah, good point. Are saying thunderstorms are in the forecast for Super Bowl Sunday. The early prediction is 71 degrees with a 75% chance of rain. So if somebody comes out and has a Vinatieri esque game where they kick, you know, no, neither team's offense is moving particularly well, but you've got a kicker there who goes, you know, five for five, six of six with two over 50, and nobody else really has any stats. Do we see the first kicker MVP? It's a good question. I'm going to say no based on the fact that Vinatieri never won one. Right? Yeah, but, mean, those were, but those were game-winning kicks that still had lots no, of know, the touchdowns and stuff, right? Yep. And, and the votes were probably already in by then too, right? yeah exactly yeah i mean when does the media have to put in their vote i think it's like it starts in the fourth quarter quarter. yeah yeah so So if so if this is like a 20 you know if it's 18 to 14 but a team's 18 points came from six field goals you know i don't i don't think this is likely to happen but we're talking about 165 and 171 to one yeah um 
it does it does get to a certain point where if one person one player accounts for 80 percent of the scoring like you know it gets kind of hard to to not give these guys mvps right i mean you add in some weather uh and on the on the butker side i would note that the kansas city chiefs have had a significant amount of issues in the red zone this year so you know take that for what it's worth again i'm talking about like i just bet five bucks each on that and they pay out eight hundred and fifty dollars so i i don't think this is likely i think it is like uh a a pretty slim scenario but even if it's one percent you're getting value because you're they're really putting this as like a let's say like a 0.7.6% chance. If we know there's going to be weather, we know it's going to be difficult for people. It will be difficult for kickers too, but if they have a, you know, if they have a day, um, could be, it could be a surprise. We'll see how it goes. There's also the roulette theory that with every Super Bowl we continue to have without a kicker winning MVP, at some point that bubble's going to burst, right? Yep. So, I mean, what did you say? Five bucks to win 800? Five bucks to win 830, yeah. Yeah, I mean, geez, I might have to partake in that myself. Yeah. Because that, I mean, talk about value, right? Yeah. I Like, again, and, it's not and likely. And even though but... we agree, it's not, and even though we agree, it's likely not going to happen. I mean, jeez. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of game scripts that would have that happen. Yeah. There's, I, I would say, roughly 2%, you know, between 1% and 2% of the game scripts look that way. Um, and now it's a matter of if they actually do that, right? If, if those game scripts happen, but there's a defensive lineman who has four sacks, does that guy get the MVP instead? Um, because there is going to be some portion of the football watching public or MVP betters who are just like, well, you can't give it to a kicker. We're we're not going to give it to a kicker. That's crazy. Um, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's go back to some of the fun ones. Do you think the weekend is going to wear gloves with an S gloves? Yeah. I mean, if we're talking plural, I, cause I think he's going to come out wearing one glove. So again, I, we talked about it a bit before we went on air. I'm not sure if he comes out one, if that's a push or a loss or what, but yeah, I think he comes out one glove, Michael Jackson style. And so if we're t- talking the literal plural version of gloves with an S, I would, I guess, say no, because I think it's going to come out with just one singular. Yeah. Uh, shortest touchdown scored. Could be uh, a Brady sneak. Yeah. Under one and a half has been a great bet over the years, and that has caught on because now you're getting minus 210 on that. Uh, that basically comes from the theory of pass interference in the end zone, right? Anytime that gets called, you got to pound it in from the one, and your your likelihood's very high. Um, or just naturally ending up at the one, fourth and one, QB sneak time. Yeah, organically. So, that's yeah. If you if you end up at the one on that on that scenario, it, I, I'm really interested to see how that goes. Um, I, I think it's time to start taking the over there. And this is part of a larger theory that I have. I think there is a bet here for total penalties in the game at 10 and a half, which I took a look at earlier today. 
Um, yeah, that was on bet 365. Over under 10.5. I just took the under there because I think the refs keep their whistles in their pockets. Yep. Yeah, I think they're going to be on league mandate too. Yeah. Uh, whether there was a ma- an official memo circulated or they just have some common sense to know what their employer would want from them. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to be a little more careful in this game to throw to let the laundry go. Um, just one quick thing that's coming to my gut here, and I feel like I need to say, is it just me or does this feel too good to be true? You know, Brady mm. versus Mahomes. Mahomes going for the repeat, and he gets to go through Brady as part of his legacy. To me, this all just seems too good. And what I'm getting at, and I hope that I'm wrong here, but I wouldn't put it past it that there is an early game injury to one of the quarterbacks. I'm not sure we see Brady versus Mahomes to close this game. I'm not sure who's going to get hurt. I know Mahomes had the, you know, loss of conscious choke out slash concussion scare, but really not to mention can, turf toe. Well, they, I was just going to get at it. Yeah. He, he put out a quote today saying that his turf toe is fully healed. I'm not sure turf toe ever fully heals in that amount of time. So that's one thing to keep an eye on as far as in-game injury goes. I think the only way the Chiefs lose this game is if Chad Henney's in the ball game early and often. But yeah, I, I just get the feeling that this is too good to be true, and there's going to be something to spoil it, and it's going to either be a Brady or Mahomes injury. I wonder if there's any uh, player props to say if Chad Henney will oh, see I, time. I, or yeah. The game. Uh, so there's usually, let me see if I can find it here. There are usually bets that are like um, players to throw pass. Uh, what will happen first? Touchdown pass. No. All right. I'll try to find that for you while we're going. But that's that is a good uh, that is a good way to do it. Is there a just straight up Chad Henney bet? There is not. Yeah, might not be on sports interaction. Uh, first offensive play, run or pass? I would certainly, I mean, I would hope run, but sometimes in big games, guys want to get their quarterbacks a nice little easy dump one quick to alleviate jitters or just get them kind of going. So a screen pass wouldn't surprise me. A little play a little action, dump yeah, under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if we're talking X's and O's and what should happen, it should be a run. I know. it's Pass is minus 140 and run is plus 100, so even money. Like, I think I'm going to throw 10 bucks at run here because that is what should happen. And I'll tell you this. I think if Arians gets the ball first, it's definitely a run. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know. And I would wager with what we saw last week. It will be Leonard Fournette getting the first crack and not Ronald Jones. I, I think based on the season, it deserves to be Jones. But based on what we have seen recently, it should be Fournette. That run, that 20-yard TD run by Leonard Fournette, that was vintage Louisiana State University Leonard Fournette. That's what he looked like at LSU. That's the running back the Jaguars thought they were getting. That's why people like me are are stubbornly never giving up on this guy because – like when you look at what he did on tape at LSU, man, like <laughs> I'll give him a pass for Jacksonville, but man, that was vintage Fournette. Uh, if he still has that in the tank, watch out. I, he, he had some years where he looked good at Jacksonville. 
I think the problem with him is just like, can he keep his head on straight? This is the guy who ran into the end zone again to a fist fight. Um, yeah. I don't know. As far as players throwing passes, I do believe we will see um, a wide receiver take a shot at the end zone. That seems to be a, a very popular play, certainly in big spots. Now, there's no obvious candidate, um, so I'm not sure what receiver I would put on money. But at some point, I think we see a receiver throw a ball down the field. Yeah, does seem does seem sketchy to me that we're not seeing a uh, number of players to throw a pass here. That's that's a traditional bet. You usually get that every year. Um, so I, I I feel like the over probably hit too many times uh, with the Philly special, and, and there's been a few other plays in the past. Uh, the other bet that I'm not seeing here, although it might be on the main page, is will there be a safety? Because teams have got burned in the Super Bowl on that one. Uh, the book's always offered very generous lines on that. And then I think it was two or three years in a row there was a safety. I'll tell you, if one of the starting centers is going to come out and snap the ball like Marquise Pouncey did against the Browns, uh, yeah, there will be a safety. Yeah, hoof. Um, but I think I would have to bet no on that one. That just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Safeties aren't that common to me. Yeah, first scoring play you can get, but that's, you know, more questionable. Any safety, four, 40 to 1, not not a particularly strong play there. Um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's take two minutes away from the superb owl discussion. Uh, just have the conversation that you and I never got to have on discord or, or have last week, even who's to blame for what happened in green Bay. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was literally something quote unquote, I'd sent you in the aftermath of that game. This will probably not surprise people. And I'm, I want to make sure I get this guy's name right. But I think, and everyone's going to blame, what, LaFleur for not putting the ball in Rodgers' hands. And some people will blame Rodgers for, you know, not getting the job done. I'm going to blame the GM Bryant Guntkust. Is it Guntkust? Guntkust? I don't know. doesn't matter. All I know is he's the one who blew a first-round pick on Jordan Love. Part of me has to believe that if there would have been an extra first-round pick on that field, especially on defense with the way they played, have to believe there's a better result for Green Bay. I really do. I think that Jordan Love pick torpedoed their season. I think they have to try to move him for pennies on the dollar if possible because it's obvious that Rodgers, especially after uh, the Rams inquired, to Rogers' availability before they made uh, the Stafford deal official. Rogers isn't going anywhere. He's going to be there for the next two, three years easy. Four years, maybe even five years. So I, I think they have to try to get something for Jordan Love. But yeah, back to who's to blame. I think it's the GM. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a totally fair point. He needs more weapons. I don't think we're uh, talking enough about how bad a game uh, those wide receivers had, yep. you know, Alan Lazard not even looking for the ball when it came. Yep. Um, Antlins, I mean, what a! I've never seen such a frustrating player. I really haven't. And for Rogers to, because I used to wonder on this show at the start of last season, like why is this guy perma doghouse? Yeah. And then we found out Rogers doesn't trust him. Why should he? 
Yeah, and then you, like, I forget who it was, but somebody had, the guy who had the drop in the end zone on the two-point conversion. Uh, uh, that was uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Yeah, so, like, there, there's nine points, right? You lost by five. There's, well, eight. There's eight. Um, That wide receiver, like, he does not have weapons to work with there. Now, listen, LeFleur deserves some of the responsibility because there's no, there is no scenario where you punt the ball there or pardon me, kick the field goal there. It does nothing for you. Um, and we were messaging each other at the time being like, what, like what the hell's happening here? This doesn't make any sense. Especially when the reigning league MVP is your quarterback. And you've got Tom Brady on the other side, who's likely not going to give the ball back. Uh, and Leonard Fournette's been kind of running all over your defense. Um, yeah. So it's just, it like, I don't think you can say Aaron Rodgers is to blame this year, but there is like, this is on his legacy. This is a part of the conversation when we talk about Aaron Rodgers now that he did win that Super Bowl. But aside from that one year that he won, he's now 0-4 in the conference championship. Yep. Um, this was the first one he had at home. Yeah, which is so, I mean, which I, is I fair. Will give him a bit, of, yeah. Uh, so is it really COVID's fault? Because that home crowd, yeah, I mean, they say what you will about them banging their, you know, banging their signs around, but it certainly wasn't a playoff home field advantage you would expect to get at Lambeau no. Field. No, it wasn't your grandfather's Lambeau Field, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I, I you know, real hard to say there. Um, Just to finish up the Jordan Love take. Yeah. A couple, a couple interesting names were drafted over him or drafted uh, after him that will show up in this game. One is, of course, Clyde Edwards, Elair of the Chiefs. And if you go a couple picks more, it's uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. of the Bucks. Uh, two players that could have certainly helped the Packers this year. Well, I, not that I wanted this to happen, but how do you think Aaron Rodgers would feel having Chase Claypool on his team? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, another on a long list of names. I mean, it's, yeah. And, I mean, you look at the Bears, Cole Komet. Do you think the Bears would rather have Chase Claypool or Cole Komet? <laughs> yeah. I know the draft is an inexact in science, but, um, yeah. When you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, probably not a good idea to trade up to take another quarterback. Yeah. Um, do you think, just because we've talked about this for a few weeks now, do you feel any differently today than you did three weeks ago about the chances of Deshaun Watson being a Houston Texan at the beginning of next season? I think they got the coaching hire wrong. I think their last hope at keeping him was to give the job to Biennemi. I think what you said about, I forget if it was on air or off air about Biennemi, um in his personal life. I think that clearly is what's going on here. Yeah, I said it on I mean, air. Like, he's got yeah, baggage. He's, he's got priors. Yeah. Flat out, he's got priors. Um, to me, that's the only explanation why in, what, the third offseason now, the favorite for all the jobs has not gotten a single job. So back to Watson, I think that was their last chance to really right the ship with Watson. Um, hiring a guy that's never even called plays uh, is a bit of a red flag, even though he is a minority hire, and I'm sure that was in some effort to appease Watson. Do you think... I, man, I got to be real careful here. Yeah. 
uh, let me put okay fuck political correctness man. well this, i hear you but th- that is the lightest skin black person yep they yep, they yep, could yep, have hired yep, for that job yep He's lighter than Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico doesn't identify as an African American. Yeah. So, yeah, so like, I, I, I'm not like I'm not trying to take away the guy's identity, and I'm sure yep. that. Like, so, like, I think all that's legit, and, and please don't, uh, no one, no one think I'm undermining any of that. But I do question the team that you know we've had extensive yeah. discussions about. Like, I don't know, are they racist? Yeah. That when they decide yeah. to hire a black head coach, it is the whitest looking head coach. Because I, I won't lie, I saw that I, I had no idea who this guy was. Yep. Right. He was like, yep. what? The He's not even the quarterback's coach for for uh, the Ravens. He was no, he was like offensive assistant. Some guy up in the booth looking at video. Yeah. And so I, I saw the picture on the ESPN yep. article because I was like, I don't I don't know who this guy was. And I was like, holy shit, they picked a white guy. Can't believe yep. they picked a white guy. And then I read the no article yep. and it's it was like and they picked a person of color. And I was like, oh, OK, yep. cool. Um, exact same thing over here i saw his yeah. picture and i said oh geez a white guy and then i read in print that he was a minority hire and they'll get draft picks or something as a result of it so i think yep. the ravens get draft picks too actually yeah they do um to to come back to the deshaun watson thing though i do think at this point he's gone i think it's just a matter of when not if um I know the Texan front office must be happy about the haul that Detroit just got for Matt Stafford because Watson is considerably younger. Um, so when I came on the show two, three weeks ago and I said the idea that the Texans were going to get three first rounders plus, plus, plus for the guy, and I, I called that ludicrous at the time. I, I think there's a real chance of that now. It's sounding like it could be the Jets. Because it's sounding like Watson loves the Salet hire. And it sounds like he's kind of looking and reading the tea leaves and saying, man, like the New York market, whoever goes and quarterbacks the Jets and turns them around, I mean, they're going to be the next Eli in that town, right? So Bigger, bigger. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The Jets haven't done anything forever. Um, so I, I do feel like – and here's the other thing too. I know there's these diehard Giants fans, but let's get this straight here. As long as the Giants suck with Daniel Jones, if the Jets turn into a good ball team, there are going to be New York fans in New York who are suddenly Jets fans and not Giants fans. We all know that, right? The amount of front runners, the amount of people who like to say they root for a winning team is mind-boggling. Well, listen, as a guy who uh, lived through the Raptors championship here, there were a whole lot of people. Oh, dear. Never watched a basketball yeah. game in their Vince fucking who? life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And like some of them are just, you know, honest, hard working folks. Like I remember being at the bar one night and this family of four came in, you know, like two younger, like probably like six year old kids, maybe six to eight mm-hmm. years old. Um, just being like, hey, we're like looking to watch the game. And like I look at them, I'm like, you guys never watched a fucking basketball game in your life, you know, but you're just like participating in the tribalism. And I think that's one thing like I, I don't mind that as much, especially when you have kids, you want them to kind of be a part of it and stuff. So that's yeah. like that's all good. But like these grown ass people mm. show I, I had this fucking woman tell me sorry that we're off off of the super bowl here for a no. second. But like mm. I had this like probably 60 year old woman tell me she's like. Well, basketball, it's the only the last two minutes that matter. And I'm like, it's not. It's really not. There's any any number of games are decided in the third quarter or second quarter where teams stretch out a 25-point lead that can't be overcome. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like the last two minutes thing is just such like brain dead basketball stuff in my opinion mm. um and so just having to like endure that i i can only imagine what it would be like where you know and these were all leafs fans i'm sure right and so you look at a team like or or a city like new york that has two teams both in baseball and football and Mm -hmm. hockey and basketball uh Mm. yeah i i'm sure allegiances switch real fast i bet you dollars to donuts there's a lot of knicks fans that are suddenly really interested in the nets oh yeah absolutely man i mean you look at the knicks track record uh, absolutely there's no more desperate fan than a New York Knicks fan. And I can uh, say that from personal experience for sure. And I don't live in New York, so I can only imagine if I did live in New York. Yeah. Um, back to the Watson thing. I think right now, if we had to come up with, you know, prop bets for what team gets them, I, I think right now the Jets have to be the favorite with the Dolphins a close second. <sighs> I'd, put, I mean, I'd put Philly on the list. Yeah, Philly for sure. And, you know, ever since we got the Philip Rivers news, the Colts are, are for any quarterback uh, spot. Yeah. What, I, do you, what do you give up is the problem if you're if you're there. Now, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I would love if the Steelers did it. They would never do it. It's not in the DNA of that organization to do something like that. But if they just said, like, we'll trade you Big Ben's expiring contract. And so you're just you're going to cut JJ Watt, so you're going to have a completely fresh start with your new coach, new GM, and you're going to be out from all the cap trouble you had. That'd be that'd be interesting, and I'd love to see Deshaun with that wide receiving core, um, yeah. and a defense, and a defense. Yeah, absolutely, big time. Um, I'll just tell because you, you mentioned Big Ben. Yeah, go ahead. No, finish your thought there. I'll I was just going to say, I, like, what would have been the most obvious place for him if we were having this discussion last week would have been L.A. And then L.A. came out and just took a big dick swing out there, mm. picking up uh, Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. And what is it? Two firsts and a third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know our Rams friends are thrilled. I know you're a big golf guy, so I assume I mean, you not are a, not thrilled. Not, not a big not, golf not big. guy. You're not like a. Yeah. You're, you don't like golf the way you like Deshaun. But like you, mm. when I have been quick to slag golf, you have been a defender. Yeah, because I I don't now. Do I think he's better than backup quarterbacks? Yeah. Do I think he's a top five guy? No. But I, yeah, I yeah. think he's certainly capable of being a top fifteen guy, and and on his best days, a top ten guy. I think the Lions could do a hell of a lot worse. I think also, too, though, there is the red flag that McVay basically gave up on him. I mean, even before the trade happened, McVay spent like the past two weeks talking up John Wolford in a very bizarre, bizarre, surreal fashion, like as if he was going to go in there and win the job and camp over Goff. Like, I just, I mean could you insult my intelligence more? You know, like I, I wasn't buying that for a second. So, I mean, McVay saw something in golf that, you know, that he got all that he could out of him and there was no more to, it's like a sponge, right? You bring a sponge out and you get all the water out of it. At some point it's dry and there's no more drips of water coming out. McVay must've felt that was, you know, the situation with golf yeah. and that he wasn't going to be able to, take the next step or, or, you know, win a championship for them. Yeah. I think it was, um, 
uh, was it Lewowski or whatever, the guy on ESPN uh, who used to be a backup for Detroit, who or yeah, Dan Orlovsky, Orlovsky uh, the guy who it. famously ran out of the back of the end zone for a safety. Yeah, so he he said something that I I thought was actually pretty interesting about He's a smart guy. He is a smart guy for sure. That that you know. McVeigh was in Goff's ear all the way up to that 15 second mark or whatever, where they unplug, you know, the, the head coaches from the helmet, uh, communication. And like, that's cool. And everybody always thought of that as like, Oh yeah, that's good. Like high communication and all that stuff. But like, at some point you gotta think that McVeigh was like, fuck, do I still have to do this? Like he, he's not seeing any of this. I have to, coach the team and see all the things happening on the defense. He's not doing it. Um, and I, I, I wonder how much of it is that, that, you know, he was expecting further development that he wasn't seeing. Um, and if he thinks like, okay, well, this is the ceiling, this is as good as it's ever going to get. And the other theory you've heard is that McVeigh was still bitter about that Super Bowl against uh the patriots where they just couldn't move the ball i think they scored about, s- three points that game like if that's the actual case talk about petty and pathetic i know i that's weird for me to say after i'm bitching about the super bowl mvp decision from the 2002 season and i'm gonna talk about petty and pathetic and you know small but if that is true then shame on sean McVeigh. yeah and and you got to I, I would tend to side with you on that front, right? Like, let it go, bud. And you, you're the offensive genius that only scored three points. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. At at that point, you had the best player on offense in the league in Todd Gurley and the best player on defense in the league in Aaron Donald. And what did you do in that Super Bowl with them? Zilch. Yeah. Just to finish up on the Rams front, here's a question for you. Between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, I mean, yeah, it's an upgrade for Stafford's receivers, but I, I still firmly believe that when big play Kenny Galladay was on the field with Stafford, he's better than Cup on his best days. He's better than Woods on his best days. Now, I know Cup and Woods are, are different style players and they're more consistent, better hands, you know, less yardage, uh, smaller routes, shorter routes, I should say. Um, is it really that big of an upgrade? You know, with DeAndre Swift's emergence at running back, like, I know they've got their DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers, but I don't know, like, receiving-wise, is it that big of an upgrade for Matt Stafford? I I absolutely think so, because uh, we... uh, I think we still underestimate how good Cooper Cup is. The, The way that team looks when Cooper Cup is in the lineup versus him out of the lineup is night and day to me. Yep. Now... With, yeah, I agree. With, but to use your own words, hell's a skill, right? Cup didn't play a lot of football this year. No, I yeah, that's actually that's a really good point. I mean, but the problem is with Galloway, it's kind of the same, right? Uh, oh yeah, Galloway, I mean so, that was that that was the biggest frustration with Kenny Galladay is if he was out of the lineup. I mean, don't even dream of putting a penny on Detroit. Yeah, it was so, that simple. So I do wonder with Cup though, because this is a thing we always underestimate is like. You know, you look at some of those guys like Amendola or whatever that really had a connection with Brady, and then they move on and they don't, they they never produce the same way again. Mm. Uh, Welker was similar, of course. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, before and after, right? I mean, people forget Welker had some years in, with in the Miami. Dolphins before. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the famous story is that, like, Belichick never pays for anything, but he got sick of facing this guy and gave up a second round pick for somebody nobody heard of. And everybody was like, what the fuck is going on over here? Next thing you know, the guy's like winning Super Bowls. Yeah, big time. Um, and was Welker the one that got super high at the Kentucky Derby too? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that was the first time I ever heard of Molly. Yeah. Like yeah. I was always familiar with street names for drugs and they were like, yeah, he was on Molly. He was on Molly, man. Yeah. Like Molly, you don't know about Molly? Right. Like that was my whole week. Like Molly, this Molly, that. Yeah. He was very high. That was as high as I've seen a person publicly in like yeah. a rich, in a rich space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder like, and this is true. I think of both cup and woods is like, do either of them have success connected to, their connection with golf and their reps and, and what's that going to look like in a first year with Stafford. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause we know cup and golf personally off the field. We're quite close. Yeah. So how's cup feeling today? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. With all now, that said, I think, I think Stafford makes that team much better. Yeah. But I mean, look at the division, right? I think we yeah. can agree the Cardinals are going to be better next year with Kyler Murray taking a yet another lead I don't and know. then filling out that depth chart. I worry and about Murray taking I, a step I, back. And I know I'm going down with the ship with this, but I still think Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf are going to do some special things when it comes to rings on fingers in Seattle. I don't think Seattle is in any way finished. They, and if they, can get their hands on, if they can get their hands on Mark Ingram, watch out. They just got to make a move around letting Russ cook like they get scared off it way too easy in my opinion that's um, yeah that's why Brian Schottenheimer was fired slash not renewed right yeah and now he's he's in Jacksonville as he should be I, I you know as a longtime Jets OC I, I had been saying for a while that he was a bad fit with Pete Carroll in Seattle uh all right let's roll back to the Super Bowl here who will the MVP mention first? Teammates, basically even money. God, two to one. Family, four and a half to one. The town, seven to one. Coaches, seven to one. America, 11 to one. The president, 18 to one. I don't think we're going to see that. No. And 25 to one for team owner. Yeah, I, I thought the team owner should have been prioritized over the president i think yeah 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 but especially with the chiefs and the hunt family i think there's a good chance for that i it got me thinking about the the religious one like i, I was starting to think like is Mahomes a religious guy because usually if if an athlete is religious then that's it he thanks god first and it that you can you know set your watch to that that will always happen now i'd have to go back and look at uh Mahomes, you know acceptance speeches and, and interviews I feel like I do remember him thanking God, but I'm not sure he does it every time. And I almost feel like Andy Reid is going to get the love. I'd want to see. I'd want to see his speech from last year. Yep. To know to know who was first there. Yep. Uh, I, I'd have to put my money on coaches. I think Andy Reid gets the love. I I, I would go teammates because I think if it's Tom Brady, you're guaranteed it's teammates. Mm. Um. And yeah, so, it's not going to be <laughs> it's not going to be Bruce Arians if it's Tom Brady. I right. Know that. So, uh, you know, 
But yeah, yeah I, but if it's if it's Brady, it's teammates. I think if it's Mahomes, it, it could be Andy Reid. Yeah, the thing is, I I think there's a reason teammates and God are one and two here, because um, I think if you get like a Tyreek Hill, you know, maybe a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, some of those guys, that's gonna be like a God. Um, I I could see Travis Kelsey being a family guy. Yep. Uh, Got a brother playing in the league. Yeah, so like I could, you know, older I could see brother too. Happen in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, what's the money looking like for Jason Kelsey to be the first guy mentioned? Because if it's Travis Kelsey, I mean, <laughs> I think that would count would as be... family. Just count as family. Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing: Kelsey's the older brother, right? Like, you're more likely to say, "Man, growing up, he was my example. He was the guy I followed." Blah blah blah. blah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. That's one that could go a lot of ways. It really depends on if you know the player is religious or not, right? I right. Uh, I, I got to ask this one. Over under two minutes and one second for National Anthem. That's one that you have to think about a couple ways. First, there's nerves. People talk faster, read speeches faster, sing faster when they're nervous. But also, too, and I don't know these artists very well that will be singing it, but also, too, usually when it's an African-American artist, they tend to add a bunch of long, runs. drawn-out they're notes. they're called runs, yeah. Yeah, and get very, like, creative with it. Yep. Whereas when it's a white person, they sing it word for word and, like, note for note. So... My simple answer would be if it's an African-American person, I would take the over. If it's a Caucasian person, I would take the under. I like to do this experiment every year where I will start a stopwatch on my phone. I will make sure no one is home and I will yeah. sing, sing it, yourself. sing it myself. <laughs> but in the longest version I could like imagine yeah. doing where it still resembles the anthem. Um, and see what that turns out to. Mm. Having done it a few times, I will tell you, it is roughly two minutes if you do that. Mm. Um, I think Eric Church is a country guy. Yeah, sounds like a white boy. Yeah, I, I got to look they, up the, the, Jasmine Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, the woman sounds like a black lady to me. It is, I, it is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm usually pretty good that when I see a name on paper, I can usually... Uh, Nail it down pretty good. Yeah. So I was right about that. Now, is it a duet? Like, are they taking turns? I Yeah, right? So I think this is supposed to be a thing to bring unity or something to that effect. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't expect that they're going to try to rein in jazz. I think we're going to see those runs. Yeah. I'm taking I'm taking the over. We're saying they've got uh, the unders minus one forty five. Unders a heavy favorite, which is really Eric Church money, and it's also just hard for people to imagine it going more than two minutes. Um, but I'm out. I'm out here. I'm doing it. Put five bucks on the, the over. Who was the one in the past couple of years that ended up going like like minutes over? Maybe I think it was an NBA All Star game, and it was Fergie, and people like were. Oh, and it was it was like an abomination too. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, even yeah. it wasn't even like they did a really nice job and it went yeah. over, but like yeah. yeah. Like there was there was a was it Patty LaBelle or it wasn't Aretha Franklin? It was one of those those older singers yeah. 
who did it a few years ago. And I was like, there's no way that she's doing these long runs anymore. Like this is going to be yeah. a more traditional classical, and then that she the came out there and yeah. held that every was Franklin's note. bread and butter. Yeah, and she just came out and held every note for the whole friggin' song, and it it was like the over under was like a minute forty five seconds, and she went almost three minutes. You know, <laughs> so. I mean, if you think about it, just from a pure selfish point of view, like these artists know that this is their biggest spotlight and this is their stage for the whole world watching isn't it in their selfish best interest to drag that on and have that moment go as long as they can so i think there is that when we start thinking about the human behavior aspect of it there's motivations for it to go longer for the artist yeah um all right couple things i want to talk about here alternative ways to get at action if you are so inclined we talked about first quarter over under they have caught on we have talked about this the last two years the books have caught on to us i'm afraid we're not going to get the fun action anymore the line is down to 10 it really should be 14 on a line like this maybe even 14 and a half um so if you like the under still Time of first touchdown before seven minutes, after seven minutes. I think after seven minutes has a lot of value. Mm. Um, Those first two drives, a little skiddy, end up settling for field goals, don't make it the whole way. Somebody has a dropped Mm. pass, an incompletion, you know, a holding penalty, a rogue holding penalty maybe. Um, You know, you're not going to get the value on the over-under you want, but like, it, it takes a, a pretty specific set of events for there to be the first touchdown in the first eight minutes of the game. Um, and I'm not sure we're used to seeing those in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I had referenced that uh, that Panthers-Broncos Super Bowl. What I meant to reference was the other Broncos Super Bowl, the one with the Seahawks, the one that was out of question by, like, what, two minutes in? Wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs come out to that kind of a lead early and often. Now, as far as the 10 points go for the uh, first quarter total, this is the way I look at it. I think we can both agree that either of those teams is going to kick a field goal in the first quarter, right? Yeah. And so when you can agree on that, then all you need is the touchdown between two teams in a quarter of football. And I think one of those two teams is definitely going to score a touchdown. So... I think that 10 points, I think that's an over. And I, I think it's an easy over. Yeah. The one the one I really like here, and I did take the over on those 10 points because uh, I thought they adjusted the line too much. Yeah. Um, another way to get at, though, that, of what we were just talking about, time of first field goal, first quarter minus 140. I, I, I don't know that. That's not a lock, but I'm interested. Mm. I, I don't think we're going to get out of the first quarter at 0-0. Zero, zero. No. Exactly. It's not. We can all agree it's not going to be zero zero at the end of the first. Yeah. So if it's not going to be zero zero, and I've already made my safety take, you know, loud and clear. I don't think it's going to be two nothing. Yeah. So I, I think there's a good chance that one of these two kickers kicks a field goal, and also to just think about it, like you're in a game as big as the Super Bowl, you have a ch- chance to get guaranteed points. You have a chance to take a guaranteed lead. 
I think coaches are going to be apt to kick the football. Here is another bullshit prop that you are for sure going to lose money on, but is just a good time to have some action on in the Super Bowl. First missed field goal, wide left plus 120, wide right plus 120, hits left upright plus 555, hits right upright plus 535. I feel like they know something there. Short plus 605 or hits the crossbar plus 900. You got a wild guess for us? So it doesn't matter if it hits the crossbar and goes in or comes out? No, it's missed field goal, so it needs to come out. Missed, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't bet that a missed field goal is going to hit the crossbar and bounce out. I mean, yeah, I think that's a sucker's a, bet. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that happen a lot, but I think the chances of that happening are, are pretty fucking slim. I'm going right upright. I'm going to take five to one and take a swing at hitting mm. the right upright. Yeah, I mean, which way will the wind be blowing that day? I guess. There is that. There is that. I bet you there's somebody with that information out there for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they have a pretty good idea that it's going to rain, they must have a pretty good idea which way the wind's going to be blowing. Yeah. Too bad we can't get a live shot of that uh, flag on top of the pole. Tell you what, though, if they think it's going to rain, here's another angle. Longest touchdown scored over under 46 and a half. I like the under. Yeah. If you're in, if you're in a friggin' thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. The only problem there is tired kills on the field. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, I, I think it's pretty safe to say if that goes over, it's going to be him. Or Hardman, because Hardman is just as fast. But I think likely he'll. I mean, maybe we see a house. Maybe... Evans. Yeah. Godwin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, no, no. See, Evans, uh, that's the thing, man. Yeah, Evans I, is the I, king I... of the one-yarder right now. Exactly. They don't use him like that. They really don't. Now, it could be Godwin. Yeah, sure. Um, One guy I like is a, is a real um guy flying under the radar. Is Tyler Johnson, especially with Antonio Brown's uh, knee up in the air and all that. And I know a lot of people like Scotty Miller. I like this Tyler Johnson kick, uh, rookie fifth-round pick out of Minnesota. It sounds like he was supposed to be drafted as high as the second round, and the Bucs couldn't believe their luck to find him there in the fifth round. There's a lot of things crazy about this Tampa team being the Super Bowl. First of all, the Rays and the Lightning – were just in their respective championships. So for a, a small little town like Tampa, Florida, talk about success and, and chances they're having there. The other one is there's a Tyler Johnson for the Tampa Bay Lightning who just won the cup. Yeah. So, I mean, there could be another Tyler Johnson here uh, that wins a ring in Tampa um, a couple of months down the road. But, yeah, I'm not sure Tyler Johnson's going to have a huge breakout game, but he's a guy I like, especially in seasons going forward. Um, Chris Godwin, a uh, free agent after this year, uh, could be back, could not be back. Might depend on if they win this game or not. But yeah, I, if you're in a dynasty league, I, I like Tyler Johnson going forward. Just taking a look here. Largest lead over under 14 and a half. I, I think it's got to be over like, yeah, I mean, if my gut is right, then I, I think that's an over because I, I think the, the Chiefs are going to come out here and put up some points real quick. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about that over 14 and a half because I like even if Tampa Bay covers and even if so if Tampa Bay wins, they 
probably go up by a margin at some point because that's the way Kansas City lets these games go. Um, and I guess that's what I'm saying. The way Kansas City has played, they either let teams get out to a lead or they get out to a lead. There's not a lot of games that stay within like seven points the whole game with with uh, the way Kansas City plays. I That might actually be the best bet that I've seen so far is that to you know get to 15 16 point lead 17 three scores you know given that i think there's a significant chance that's just a straight up blowout and that's the other thing we got to think of right when's the last super bowl blowout that we had i think it was that seahawks the Broncos denver game bowl. right yeah yeah and that's five years ago like we're due oh more than that now i think yeah yeah, because that was because that was Peyton's first Super Bowl appearances with the Broncos, and that was the one he lost. And then he beat the Panthers, right? Yeah, didn't yeah. they blow out the Panthers the too? Yeah, but that game, yeah, it was definitely a blowout, but nothing like that Seahawks Broncos one. Which yeah, was yeah where they just got spanked. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, it was over like five minutes. Yeah, so we might be like we might just be due for a spanking too. No, yeah. that that if could take the form to... of Tampa Bay still, but. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to talk box Super Bowl history, and, you know, I've mentioned that 2002 Super Bowl a couple times, that was a huge blowout. Well, and I'll tell you this, how about, um, and, and I guess we'll talk about two weeks ago again for a second, like, we had a conversation going into the conference championship games about, are the numbers wrong, right? Like, is is it that... Kansas City just does things differently and they're toying with their food and that's why they've looked this way over the course of the year. And I think you and I both agreed that was the most likely outcome. And you read seven bullets, yeah. But the the alternative was maybe the numbers are right and maybe they're just barely winning these games and maybe they did get lucky to win against San Francisco last year and they are due at some point to get caught up with. And Buffalo wasn't that team. Like, once they lost that nine-point lead, Buffalo wasn't ready to play. And and that's organizational right. I don't think Josh Allen looked particularly good, but I'll tell you what, the, McDermott didn't look good either, like kicking field goals when he'd usually go for it. Everybody got real gun-shy, and I, I feel like the pressure of going to the Super Bowl kind of hit a team that, by their own admission, got hit with the pressure of just being in the playoffs the year before. Um, And so if you get a team like Tampa Bay that are grown ass men and professionals and you got a Tom Brady and you got a Bruce Arians and a bunch of guys who've been there before. Is it possible that they just come out and knock the doors off Kansas city? Like, I think that's, it's on the table. I don't think it's likely, but it's one of the possibilities we have to entertain that if this game is a blowout, it is not 100% of a time, a blowout for Kansas city. It's probably 70, 75, maybe, Mm -hmm. but there are definitely worlds where, Tampa Bay just blows them up. That Kansas yeah. City got complacent. Um, and I'll tell you this, I think Tampa Bay had a much harder road to the final. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, basically nobody outside of Florida had them beating Green Bay. And, and that I'll Saints eat... game wasn't a breeze. No, it wasn't. And I'll, I'll eat crow completely, right? Like, I had the Saints winning. I had the Packers winning. So I've been wrong about this Bucks run. Yeah, me too. I'll, you know, props to Tom Brady. Uh Really didn't think he was going to get them to a Super Bowl in his first year during the COVID restrictions, all that. You know, it's surreal, really. It really is. Here's the deal, though. 
Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in particular are going to have to have just as good as a game as they did against Green Bay against Kansas City to have a chance at winning. The picks that Brady threw. Now, the defensive coordinator for the Packers was fired slash contract not renewed, Mike Pettin, and rightfully so, because when you have that amount of talent in the defensive secondary and they looked like they did, especially that Scotty Miller play, I mean, just inexcusable coverage errors. That was unbelievable. To have that kind of blue chip talent in your secondary and to get embarrassed that bad is, you know, Mike Patton had what was coming to him, right? The Packers didn't need to make a change. But here's the deal with Brady. The play calls just so bad. They were, they were. But here's the deal with Brady. The picks that he threw were awful. I mean, like, you know, what did he throw? Three picks in that game? He did. Can I now? I know the game was, you know, some of them it was already decided. But man, I like some of those picks weren't even close. And if he thinks he's going to be able to go out there throw those kind of picks and that kind of volume against the Chiefs and win, I I don't see that happen. I'm the only thing I want to say here is that I think you're correct in that if like you look at the ball and you look at the outcome, they, they were pretty bad. I will say that I think those were distinctly Tom Brady plays that Tom Brady's understanding of where his team is in the game is maybe the greatest we've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a a closer game, he doesn't throw those balls. Well, no, no, but specifically though, that like, so one of them was on second and 10. So that like is, is a little less, but like two of those three picks were just punts. Like th- those were just straight up punts, right? It's like, here, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to throw the ball 45 yards down the field and it's either my guy gets it, we get pass interference or it's a pick, but like that's what was going to happen if we punted the ball anyways. And it's third down, I'm under pressure, you know. Less chance of a block punt too. I mean, if you really want to break it down. Yeah. Um, and I, I really felt that way about two of the picks. And, and again, one of those was on second down. And so, like, the logic isn't completely consistent there, but I, I think um, it was, like, second and ten. So it's like, would you rather a third and ten? Or he was about to get sacked, so it's like, would you, you know, rather a third and 15? Or just fucking heave it 45 yards down the field at Mike Evans and and see what happens. I'll tell you this, Mike Evans is going to have to hold on to the fucking football this week. That's, you know, if Tampa Bay wants to win this game, Mike Evans has got to get over his case of the dropsies that he's had. Um, because there were a couple key drops he had in that game where if they did let Aaron Rodgers throw that ball and they did make that comeback, uh, we would be talking about Mike Evans this week and how good is he and what does his legacy look like? Uh, anyways, I I, I kind of went two steps too far there, but like, I I agree with you on 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 that Tom thing. Those were bad balls, and I, but I think part of what has happened with him is. That Tom Brady's out here like, I got fucking Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tony Brown. Like, I'm just going to huck it sometimes because I think they're going to be able to pull it off. Um, I'll tell you, the Scotty Miller play is indefensible. Like, it, it, you have three guys in a high zone over the top. You have three guys at the front rushing. And then you got... It's like a basic umbrella coverage. You got, you know, two guys on each side kind of holding the sideline to make sure you can't just throw a quick five yard out to get the field goal. The fact that they just had a straight man coverage on the outs, it was like unbelievable. Anybody going deep should automatically be covered in that spot. 
Um, I, yeah, that was that that was her, and Penton deserved to lose his job for that. That that play call was as egregious, if not more, than what happened in that Jets Raiders game. Um, because when you think about the stakes in this game, right? Like at least in the Jets Raiders game, we could be like, well, maybe he you know read the tea leaves and thought he knew he was supposed to lose, whether he was or wasn't. You you could assume it was somewhat intentional. I mean, if this one was intentional, that's fucking well. He should lose his job, and he did. So we don't need to dig on or uh, dance on the grave there. How crazy! And this is off topic. Well, actually, to stay on topic, just quick. As far as Mike Evans' legacy goes, first receiver ever to start his career with seven straight thousand-yard seasons. So, in my books. His legacy is going to be quite secure. No, no, and I and and I think right now, but like that's the way we talk about Dan Marino, right? Like, no, I know, it, differently, if, right? If he didn't make the final here, if he doesn't win this Super Bowl, but like if if specifically they didn't win that conference championship game, the closest he's ever gotten to a Super Bowl, and you can point at him having three key drops in the game, that would be a part of that conversation for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I'm not saying Mike Evans isn't good. My, like Mike Evans is one of the all-time greats uh, at, at wide receiver. Like top 20, 25 probably. Mm. Um, now part of that is the thing we talk about all the time with the way the game's changed. Like how six, Now maybe Mike Evans would have been more successful in the 90s where guys were like bumping and grinding on him, but he's just like a giant and would like brush them off hard to say um yeah fuck he's so good <laughs> sorry go ahead as a Steelers fan how do you feel about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown playing in this game that's a great question now um, Bell's not gonna have a big role in fact there are gonna be two Chiefs running backs who get carries over him I think there's and, a world where he doesn't you, dress yeah 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 and you could almost argue three. I mean, you could argue Darwin Thompson brings more to the offense than Le'Veon Bell. But yeah, I mean, pretty crazy. Eh? I mean, two players that were embroiled in controversy in Pittsburgh, and then finally they find themselves in this Super Bowl playing for opposite teams. I think the Antonio Brown one bothers me. Well, it sounds like he's getting a bit of karma, right? Because it sounds like even if he does play, he's going to be less than 100%, and he's not going to be able to play as good as he wants, and, you know, the spotlight, yeah. and me, 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 me. Yeah. the I, I mean, the part that bothers me is more about the... Um, what I would call pretty reasonable accusations of sexual misconduct and facing a pretty minimal punishment for that um and then coming back and getting to choose where he goes uh that they took the extraordinary step of letting him serve his suspension while not under contract um to say he got rewarded is like maybe maybe too much but like it, it's kind of what happened. Look yeah. at the situation he ended up in. I think that's a reward. I mean, yeah. So, I like that 
that bothers me and 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 it bothers me the same way like i was thinking i was listening to some people from um well eric smith the guy who does the radio for the raptors and he was talking about how in his basement he has a, a kobe corner and i was just like i can't fucking imagine given the accusations that kobe bryant has against him of like having a fucking corner of my house dedicated to the dude um or even a living athlete that plays for your favorite team. And you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and, weird. And, and my connection was going to be that, like, I am a, I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and I have been for, you know, 20 years now. And I have never, ever purchased any Ben Roethlisberger gear. I have four jerseys. None of them are Roethlisberger jerseys. I have two signed helmets now. Neither of them are Roethlisberger. Um, the only thing that happened is that at my wedding, my wife got a a surprise cake made that had a Steelers logo on it, but she didn't instruct the cake maker. She just said, yeah, put a Steelers jersey on it. And I guess the person who made the cake just looked up the quarterback of the Steelers and put a seven Mm -hmm. on the jersey. Yeah, yeah. And so I said to her afterwards, I was like, Hey, I don't do Roethlisberger stuff. Like that's, that's, that's you, you don't want to do Roethlisberger stuff. Should have um, turned it into a 17. Yeah. Yeah. So just Quincy oh, Morgan, I swear. So on the Antonio Brown front, I'm just like, I don't, I don't want this guy to be celebrated. He's not a good guy. Um, and, and, and that's that's my thought. Like the Le'Veon Bell thing, like I think Le'Veon Bell's kind of a dick and not a good guy, but in such a different way. Yeah. That I like I don't I'm like, okay, whatever. Those guys win rings, shit happens. Yeah. yeah. He's not a criminal. Yeah. He's not I mean, a criminal the amount of and a money, creep and yeah. The amount of the amount of money he robbed off the Jets was criminal, but <laughs> right. he didn't break the law criminal. Yeah. And that's the economy, right? There's <laughs> that's that's always been part of the deal, is that you're supposed to try to make stupid people give you money. And is there any group of people more than the Johnsons and Adam Gase that qualify as stupid uh, when it comes to identifying talent? Absolutely. Uh, All right. We got seven minutes left here. Shout out to LaShawn McCoy, who is playing in his second. Now he was a healthy scratch, of course, for the Chiefs last year, but he's still on the roster of, a Super Bowl team for the second year in a row. Might be a healthy scratch for the second yeah, year in a row. Yeah, he very well couldn't. I yeah. mean, he's already talking about retiring as an Eagle, so it very well could happen as soon as this offseason. But I, I still thought he deserved a shout-out for that. I, you know, it's very rare that players find themselves in that situation. Interesting to retire an Eagle when Buffalo gave you, you know, a number of years and a number of dollars. Yeah, no, I know. but And I, the Eagles shipped him out of town for questionable like i actually don't know well yeah they they basically got nothing for him and the Mm. the rumors that they spread around about him at the time he was a bad locker room guy well bad locker room guy and maybe into some criminal activity on the side okay yeah there was a lot of that stuff going around of like oh he's running with the wrong crowd you don't want to know the kind of stuff he's getting into yeah true um his now, best years were with the Eagles, though, and that's usually all a player gives a fuck about is, okay, where did I put up my biggest numbers, right? Where do I have the best chance of doing uh, used car commercials? What city? What market? Yeah, I guess, and that's what these one-day contracts are. I don't I don't get those. I'm like, who cares who you retire as, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, anything else you want to throw out there about the Super Bowl before we sign off here? Uh, or anything else geez. for that matter. There's lots of stuff we're missing. Oh, I mean, there's there's tons of UFC stuff. There's tons of other NFL stuff. Sounding like uh, Derek Carr could be the second Carr brother to play with the Houston Texans. If if uh, Houston's able to move to Sean Watson, it sounds like the Raiders are in on that. So it sounds like maybe they come up. We just saw Goff get traded for Stafford. Maybe we see Carr traded for Watson. Sounds like there's mutual love in each direction. And yeah, it would be fitting if Derek Carr did suit up for the Houston Texans. Of course, the team that inaugurally took his older brother, David Carr, first overall in the aforementioned 2002 league season draft. And they, they have regrets. They, they have regrets over that choice. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to draft a quarterback, you need an O-line. Yeah. What happened to David Carr happened to a lesser extent to Andrew Luck different talent quarterbacks but same result take yeah. too many hits suddenly you're shell shocked there are some rumors that luck's gonna make it back yeah, uh, i hadn't heard that yeah. like recent rumors yeah 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 really? there were there really? were apparently like screenshots of a chat with a friend or something and it's, it's yeah cool sounds thing. like a good friend i know i know this was the joke <laughs> on the mcafee show it was like okay well that person's not a friend let's yeah, stop calling no, them exactly. a friend yeah exactly um <laughs> It, it wouldn't surprise me because my take at the time was that he was going to come back. Um, and if you think about the specific amount of time that he's just had to sit on the sideline, it's about enough time for him to have his body heal and to start getting the itch again, right? I mean, no matter what people say, no, he has all these other interests and he has all these other endeavors. Come Sunday during the NFL season, I'm sure he's still aware of what's going on. And that's probably got to be tough to sit and watch when you think you still have bullets left, right? I mean, if, if it was his back and his knee and his whatever that led him to retire and all those are now feeling better, wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to come back. Well, and now he's looking out there at one of the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. Which is a yeah, whole, I mean, uh, the complete opposite of what he used to be dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Make a lot of sense, especially with where uh, the Colts are at quarterback, right? I mean, yeah, doesn't sound like Carson Wentz is going to land there anymore. Jimmy G, I mean, maybe that. That's one of the dominoes that still has to fall is what the Niners are going to do. That's going to have ripple effects. What they decide to do with Garoppolo is going to have major ripple effects for multiple teams. I, I really do believe that. I have reverse course on the Matt Ryan front. I do believe that Julio Jones and Matt Ryan are staying put at least for this year, I think Arthur Smith would be. But I was wrong on Stafford. I didn't I didn't think Dan Campbell was going to go in there and, and suddenly Stafford was going to go different ways. So I was wrong about Stafford in Detroit, and maybe I'm wrong about Matty Ice, but I think uh, cooler heads are going to prevail there at least for one more year in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta doesn't look like anything's going to happen there. I wonder if... San Francisco just holds tight for a year. San Francisco's in an interesting spot because, like, I don't think they really have that many weapons. Like Kittle, Kittle is Kittle. Don't like, don't get me wrong. Debo Samuel when he can stay in the lineup, and Brandon Ayuk. I, uh, I think Debo is a real good number two. Yeah, yeah. Debo's our number one. He's a real good number two. The good news for what you just said is Brandon Ayuk is a number one, and he showed that down the stretch this year. And man. He's going to show that next year. He had a bit of a slow start because of some injuries, and then he was on the COVID list. But 
Brandon Ayuk is a name to remember for next year's draft for I, sure. I'd like to see more of Ayuk before I get on that. But I I understand it. I I understand people thinking that, and you know we'll see we'll see what time brings us. But um, he's I I just I don't see it with him. He, but the production's there, so it's like mm. you don't. And and I'll tell you, I was wrong about fucking Scary Terry, right? Like mm. I I was like I kind of felt the same way about Scary Terry. Where I was like, eh, you, you mm. kind of see it, but like this can't keep up. And then he puts up a crazy year with nobody at quarterback, right? Like, it's a total Allen Robinson situation. Yeah. Bound Robinson or Terry McLaurin had, like, a, a franchise quarterback throwing them the ball. It's really hard to believe what they could have done or could do going forward. Yeah. Um, I would say it sounds like just about everybody was in on Stafford. It sounds like the Bears were in. It sounds like Washington was in. So not only is it driven up the price for quarterbacks on the trade market, but we're suddenly finding out through that Matt Stafford trade just which teams are looking to upgrade a quarterback this offseason. Yeah. Um, I want to get in real early on the prediction that's not particularly interesting. I think Miami does not get Deshaun Watson and just picks up Devonta Smith with that third pick. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Guy that Tua would know from Alabama. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and if they don't take him, Atlanta takes him for sure. Devon Smith? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Um, it would be quite a story there because Julio Jones, Alabama, Calvin Ridley, Alabama, and then Smith, Alabama. So it would make a lot of sense on paper for sure. And Jones is getting towards the end, so you need to think about a replacement there. Yep. Yeah, I'm just – I got to think Atlanta takes a quarterback. Yeah, but then you upset Ryan, and now you have that controversy all year. But that's the thing. I think the writing's on the wall as is. I think Matt Ryan knows he still owes what a hundred million. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, look at the golf thing. Look at what we're gonna see with Wentz, right? I mean, none of these contracts really mean anything. I mean, teams can rip them up and move them and shuffle things around. Yeah, we keep saying, oh, this contract, you know, they're stuck all the dead money. But then we see teams get out of them. So NFL contracts don't mean shit. Have you been reading and hearing what I have that Teddy Bridgewater is pretty much done in Carolina? I am well. It sounds like the Panthers had offered the number eight pick, and I think picks down the road for Stafford. So you know, yeah. Detroit. Man, Detroit ended up fielding like eight, nine competitive offers. Yeah, um, they only went with I think the Rams because the Rams' picks were more down wow. the line, and and they were more seen two the number long. ones and a three, and yeah. you get a competent yeah. quarterback. Yep. They were they were playing more the long game with the Rams offer. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like Carolina was in heavy on Stafford, and if that's the case, then, yeah, you have to wonder about Bridgewater's status for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree the Panthers are never going to win a Super Bowl with him under center. So, right? I mean, if if you're in the, the defense business would have Super to be Bowl, a lot better. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. They're going to need more receivers. They're going to need help at running back. Yeah. And if you can get something for him right now, he had a pretty good year. You could probably, you know, move him somewhere for like a third or a second, which will give you another starter, uh, which is kind of what you need. Yeah, for sure. Um, not sure a second round picks in the offerings for Teddy B right now. I'll tell you what, if I was San Francisco, I'd let Garoppolo walk and throw a, throw a three. I, I, I might even throw a two. Like I'd love to see Bridgewater with a guy like Shanahan see what he can do 
go run some of his dad's old plays with those naked boots. Like, mm. um, there's like there's some matches there that could make sense. I think Bridgewater with like one of these offensive gurus has some capability. He's a smart kid, really like really really like cerebral quarterback. Not given enough credit for that, frankly. I think because he's black. I think like we just don't you know. Lots of people yeah. when they're doing analysis, they're like, he's athletic. I'm like, you mean black? No, he's actually super smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the lunch pail white receiver, right? I mean, yeah. there's tons of stereotypes, and I'm guilty of them just as well, much as sh- anybody. My, my favorite shifty for the white receiver. He's really shifty. He's a, sh- yeah. he's a shifty guy. It's like, okay. Yeah. You mean you just mean he can play wide receiver and is white. Exactly. Yeah. As far as Teddy Bridgewater goes, I mean, there's an opening in New Orleans, so there's that, right? I mean, Caroline is not going to move him in the division. And it sounds like um, Peyton sounds was like saying today that Winston's the guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is like naturally we were all led to believe when Breeze went down for what, four games this year and Taysom Hill started all four games that yeah. connecting the dots, it was going to be Taysom Hill's football team. It sounded like Sean Payton's wet dream was going to finally come true. But yet all we hear this week is that the Saints are – because Winston, of course, is a is a free agent, so they do have to sign him. But, I mean, if you had to put your money down now, it sounds like Winston's going to be the guy week one for the same. Yeah, it might just be them trying to get him under contract, though, too. Not to, like, get too conspiracy well, theory on it, but right? Wouldn't but that, wouldn't that drive up his price? Wouldn't the better play be to talk up Taysom Hill? No, but if, if they were, like... We want because I, I don't think they're worried about the dollars and cents. They're gonna get they're they're gonna get so much relief just from not paying Drew Brees anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think their concern is more like, hey, if we make it sound like he's gonna be the starter, then he comes here, and then we go yeah. into camp and we say, ah, Taysom outplayed you. He's the starter, and we have a real yeah. good backup. True. Whereas if they go the other route, he signs somewhere else quick. Yeah, and the the flip side to that though is that maybe Sean Payton's smart enough to be like, hey, if my quarterback's out three or four weeks, I can put Taysom Hill in there, but we can't run that offense for 16 weeks and expect him to be healthy. Especially when you look at, he had to sit that last game um, with yep. some injuries. So, you know, is the mileage starting to be a thing for Taysom Hill? Because he takes a lot of hits for somebody that we talk about being a quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Everybody, please, for the love of God, enjoy the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, we haven't had a lot of good football games in the playoffs this year. No, lackluster playoffs for sure. Yeah, let's. I'll, I'll tell. It's like this is a really fitting um, version of what 2020 has been, uh, given the NFL playoffs this year. Hopefully, we'll get a good game. Uh, regardless of that, I hope everybody enjoys. We will still see you next week to wrap up what happened on the Super Bowl, wrap up some news around the league. There's lots of stuff we didn't talk about, like head coaching hires. Um, And Nick, I'm going to need you next week to convince me one way or the other to care about hockey or basketball because I'm going to have to care about something for the next few months, and I just don't know what it's going to be yet. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, man. If I wasn't playing them in fantasy leagues, I wouldn't be as... I'd be a lot more checked out than I already am. I hear you. Yeah. It's hard to get excited over one of 82, even though theoretically and they're it's not 55 this year, but yeah. it's still but like you get, you get the drift, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you later.